if we haven't met yet, hi. hi. I'm Pastor Ray. I am Pastor John's associate pastor, and it is a joy to be with you this morning. And we're going to go ahead and break some bread. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Um, you know, it's amazing how God stirs up something inside of you, and when he does, you often get to see it in a way that you've not seen it before. <laughs> hey, anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, it, it's funny. I, I had the thought of a few weeks ago, well, actually, it's probably about a month now, I was uh, coming over here to the church, and I was on the phone with my wife in my car, hands-free, of course, amen? And... Uh, um, I was about to turn the corner on the Sagamore Road, and, and, I, and I looked, and I saw the sign in a way I never saw it before. I said, hey, hon, you, uh, she want to know where I was at, or I was just telling her where I was at. I said, I'm about to turn on the Sagamore. It's like, and, and because I've seen the, the street sign a million times. I mean, hey, I've been here for almost 26 years. I mean, how many times have you driven down Sagamore Road? And this one time I look and I say, oh, Amore. I'm driving down Sagamore Road. And so, of course, that led to something else. Me being the, the musical person I am, I started to sing to my wife. Because I was going to meet her here. I'll meet her here in the church parking lot, so I started saying, I will drive down the street to the place where we'll meet Sagamore Ray. <laughs> oh, yeah. You ain't ever going to hear that song again. You're you going to drive by the street sign and want to sing, and you're going to blame it on me. You know it. <laughs> but, but, but you see, that there is just a funny little picture of a moment where you see something and it's like, oh, I never saw it like that before. But boom, there it is. And, and when it comes to the Word, there are times in our life and in our walk where God just shines a big old light on something where you see it in a way it's like, oh, I've been reading this, Lord, I've been reading this, but I ain't seen it like this before. And where you, you, you notice the, the amore and the agape <laughs> and all the wonderful treasures of the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and so uh, one thing that I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about the name of Jesus today. And I want you to be aware of the fact that you are authorized to use that name. Somebody say, I'm authorized. And we're going to go ahead and dig into some word today. First of all, I want to let you know this. There are several things regarding uh, uh, authority that I want you to know. First of all, there's a difference between power and authority. And the Bible is very specific about that. As a matter of fact, there's places in Scripture in the King James Bible where... Um, so the, the word that really should have been translated authority was translated as power. And, uh, uh, and there's other translations that bring that out better as being clearly translated as which word it should be. But, but uh, if you want to have some kind of understanding of what authority is, it's, it's really the, the root of it comes from the Greek word exousia, uh, as it's used in Scripture, that is. It talks about delegated influence. It talks about authority or jurisdiction or 
right. You having the right to be something or the, the right to do something, the authority to, to be something, to do something. For, for something to be within your jurisdiction, you know what I mean? I, I, as a matter of fact, one of the best things I heard about um, uh, how to distinguish between power and authority is, is that power refers to the might to do something, but, but authority refers to the right to do something. Hey, hey, hey. So you see our girl up here, detective woman here. See, see that badge is the right. That means she's authorized to function in that position. But behind that badge, you know, there's the might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, behind the right, there's the might. And as children of God, authorized by the head of the church, when you are using your right as a child of God, as a member of the body of Christ, you can know this, that all the might of heaven is behind your right. Come on, hallelujah. Glory be to God. And of course, Hitting it from this angle, from, from the, uh, the, the angle of the name of Jesus, because this is a big subject, the, the idea of the believer's authority. And you can hit it from several angles. But the angle from which we're going to hit it today is specifically regarding the authority that you have in the name of Jesus. What's, what's the name all about? Because, you know, uh, the, there was more than one person named Jesus even back in the day. Because, you know, Jesus is really the Greek form of the name Joshua. There, there, there was more than one. I mean, even today, you may have your buddy Jesus that you work with, you know? Uh, uh, what is it about the name of this Jesus whom we worship and whom we preach and whom we get so excited about? Well, uh, uh, Thayer's lexicon, uh, I, I just got a few little nuggets here for you uh, to, to see how the, the name is used. The, the name is used to cover everything that a name could possibly cover, including one's rank, one's authority, and one's deeds. So that when you're talking about the name of Jesus, you're not just talking about uh, the, the name that's on Jesus' social security card you, 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 or, or on his birth certificate in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but, but you're making a reference to his rank, you're making a reference to his authority, you're making a reference to his deeds. That's all behind what, what happens when you use somebody's name. Also this, that, that it, it's everything including the thought or feeling which is aroused in the mind of someone by mentioning, hearing, or remembering the name. And I want you to know that right here today, as we boldly declare the name of Jesus in this house, Amen. that, that there, there's somebody who, who has a, 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 some, some remembrance that comes to his mind at the mention of that name. And I'm talking about the devil himself. Who has been whooped by the Lord Jesus Christ when he spoiled principalities and powers and made a public show of them. 
when Jesus went into hell itself and took the keys of death and hell away from the enemy. I want you to know that when that name is mentioned now, it brings back some memories. It brings back some painful memories. It brings back some flashbacks to him of the day when he ultimately got defeated by this one named Jesus. And so, this name of Jesus, what does it mean to us today? What is, why is it significant? What's the big deal? Are you ready to dig in? Because what we're going to realize today is that this is not just about him being authorized. This is about him being authorized so that he could therefore authorize us, his representatives. Hallelujah. Let's start with Ephesians 1. And of course, as usual, I got about five messages worth of notes, so we'll see where we get with it. It's always good to be overprepared rather than underprepared. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 verse 19. We'll start there. But before we start reading, I want to let you know the context of this. This is something Paul's already in the middle of a prayer where we're going to start reading. And he's praying this, that the saints would have a revelation of this, that their eyes would be open to this, and that they would know this. So I'd say it's pretty important. He's praying that you'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation about this, that your eyes would be open to this, and that you'd know this. Know what? Let's read. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, what we need to see here. And what we're going to see is the theme in the next few verses we look at is that there's a connection between the seating of Jesus at the right hand of the Father and the, 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 the strength and the power and the authority that's behind his name. So here you see Jesus being seated at the right hand in the heavenly places and that when he was put there, when he was seated there, when he was positioned there, that this position is one that is far above every other principality and power and might and dominion. And it's also above every name that is named, not just in this age, but even the age to come. Glory to God. And then also you see the clue here that this is not just all about Jesus because we go on to read that it says that he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over the church, which is his body. So if it's under Jesus' feet and you are a member of the body of Christ, I got to tell you what that means. It's real simple. If it's under Jesus' feet and you're in the body, it's under your feet too. And like I told you before, if you got a message you want to send to the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoe. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it might feel like he's staring you right in the face, but no, he's just looking up. 
and looking way up because you're not just a little bit above. This is your far above. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we see here this connection. Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father, and then he was given a name that is higher than any other name and every other name that is named. Go to Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1, 3 to 4. Glory to God forever. Talking about Jesus in the beginning of this wonderful book, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So once again, you see at the end of verse 3 that he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And then verse 4 reveals that he, by inheritance, has obtained a more excellent name than any of the angels. So something about the connection between Jesus taking a seat on the right hand of the Father and the name that he has. Once again, Philippians 2. Philippians 2. And what we're doing, we're laying a foundation here for where we're about to go. Because you, you need to, to see why the name of Jesus is so special. And also the fact that this is not just a, a reference like we defined in the beginning to his name, that his name is Jesus. And of course, to be specific, this was not Jesus of Jerusalem. This was Jesus of Nazareth. But, but it, it's more than that because we're talking about not just his name, but everything that's behind the same. The rank of the one that's behind that name. The, 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 the rank of the one who, who has that name. The, the authority of the one who has that name. The mighty deeds of the one who has that name. It's all wrapped up in his name. Philippians 2. Are you ready to read? Verse 8. This is talking about Jesus. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to know that what the Father has done is in, in response to the obedience of Jesus, who is willing to go to the deepest depth and pay the ultimate price for the salvation of mankind, that he who went to the lowest low was elevated to the highest high. And that God exalted him to the place of honor that belongs to him right on the right hand of the throne of God. And that at this name, at this name of Jesus, so not only does he have the name that's above every name, but at this name every knee will bow of the angels in heaven, the people on earth, and the devils in hell. In all three worlds, heaven, earth, and hell. Yes. 
Whoa, hallelujah. And also when you consider the fact that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, you say, well, that's great for Jesus, but what does that do for me? Well, that's why if you read Ephesians 2 and take the time to read Ephesians 2, you will see this, that we were we were uh, we died with him and we were buried with him and we were raised together with him and then it says this and if the Bible didn't say it you would say it's too good to be true but the Bible says it that we were seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ so the very seat of honor where Jesus is on the right hand of the father whether you feel like it or not if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ right now at this moment you are seated there together with him mm. somebody needs to get that today hallelujah one more thing I want to look at real quick to give you the idea of this connection between the, the, uh, 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 the, uh, uh, Jesus being seated at the throne and him having this place of honor and authority. First Peter 3.22 says about Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is big stuff, y'all. And the angels and authorities and powers that have been made subject to him as he's seated at the right hand of God are also the, the, the same angels, authorities, and powers that are subject to you. You might say, well, I've never looked at myself that way before. Well, that's why it's a good time to renew your mind and see yourself differently than you've seen yourself before. Because this is the way God sees you. And not someday. Someday out there, you know, when we all get to heaven, praise the Lord. And I'm looking forward to heaven, don't get me wrong. But I got to tell you, so much of the time we spend our mind focused on there. Say, yeah, when we get to the other side, it's all going to be good. And we're missing how good it could be right here on this side. Ah, come on. Hallelujah. So what about this name? I want to look at three things that the scripture says, and we could go into a whole lot more. But three highlights that I want to hit today. Believe in the name. Believe in the name. Number one. Number two, represent the name. And number three, use the authority of the name. All right? Believe in the name, represent the name, and use the authority of the name. So let's check out our first point here, believe in the name. What, what, what is the, the significance of this? Well, it, it's very, very clear how significant this is. John chapter 1 verse 12 says it real well. But as many as received him... To them he gave the right, which is the Greek word exousia, also translated authority. To them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So when you believe in the name of Jesus, when you believe that he's the one who, who, who's got authority, he's the one who is the one on top, he's king of the mountain because he whooped everybody else who tried to climb the mountain. Hallelujah. He, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and when you put your faith in him and who he is, in his authority, in his rank, the Bible says that you are given the authority to become children of God. Yeah. 
And I was meditating on that yesterday thinking, what does it really mean to have the authority to become children of God? And I had this thought that that's when you go into the house of God and help yourself to what's in the refrigerator. Hallelujah. You help yourself because you're acting like you got a right to be there. If this is dad's house, this is my house. If this is dad's leftover chicken, it's my leftover chicken. Praise the Lord. So when you're thinking of yourself being a, having the right to be a child of God or the authority to being a child of God, what you're actually imagining is this, that you've got the right to go ahead and partake of anything the Father's got because one of the wonderful things that, that we see in the Word of God is that everything the Father's got, he, He's not stingy with it. He's not hiding it from you. No, He's very graciously giving it all to you. Hallelujah. You know, First John three twenty three. if you want to know what His commandment is, it's real simple. It says it right here. This is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So so we, we see here, once again, that emphasis of believing on the name of Jesus. We become children of God by believing in his name. This is his commandment that we should believe on the name. How about Revelation 22 and verse 14 that said, blessed are those who do his commandments. Now, wait a minute. What was the number one commandment we just read there? The number one commandment back in 1 John, the verse we just looked at, was to believe on his name. Isn't that right? We just read that. We just saw that with our own eyes. So blessed are those who do his commandments. You can very safely say, without doing any harm to the scripture, that number one commandment that everybody's got to do in order to get into the kingdom is you need to believe on his name. So when you say, blessed are those who do his commandments, you're also making a reference to those who who believe on his name. Isn't that right? Right. That they may have the right. Once again there, that same word we talked about in the beginning, exousia, it's the word for authority, the word for having a right or authority to do something. That they may have the authority to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Do you know that by believing on the name of the Lord Jesus, by, by, by being one who keeps his commandments and that being commandment number one, you can't get into the kingdom any other way. You must believe on the name of Jesus and that by so doing, you are given the right or the authority to the tree of life. How significant is that? Because when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden because they ate from the wrong tree, that other tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that the Bible says that, that, that God had to block off the way to the tree of life. God didn't want them to be eternally stuck in a messed up state. But now at this point that Jesus has come to rescue us and that the work's been done and the provision's been made, glory to God, what a thing to see here. That, that, that now the, the access to the tree of life has once again been restored. <laughs> and now that, that those who, who do his commandments which would also mean this, those who believe on his name 
have access to this tree of life. That which was once blocked off and, and, and no access given because of the decision that, that our great, great, great grandfather and grandmother made. But now glory to God because of Jesus, we have access to this very tree again by believing in his name. Glory to God. Someone say, I'm not banned anymore. You know, um, we, we uh, think very much of John 3.16, and rightfully so, but, but it's interesting uh, that John 3.18 gives us this little bit of light that is so valuable to us. It says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name. He has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Well, what does believing in the name of the Son of God give you? <laughs> John twenty thirty one tells you real clear what it'll give you. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Hallelujah. So if, if not believing in the name leads to condemnation, then the flip side of that is believing in the name leads to life. Believing in the name leads to justification. Believing in the name leads to righteousness. Believing in the name leads to you having a position that is the same position Jesus has, which is far above every principality and power in the world. It's a place of authority. It's a place of dominion. It's a place where you can reign. R-E-I-G-N. And if you are tired of being reigned upon, the idea of reigning is real good. Amen. But we're not talking about reigning over people, bossing people around and telling them what, what they're going to do for you and all that. No, 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 no. But I'll tell you, we are, you're talking about you reigning over every evil spirit that's out there. Where ain't no evil spirit can come and just ransack your house anytime he wants to and mess with your family anytime he wants to and, and steal from you anytime he wants to that, that you've got the authority to say uh-uh-uh you might do that at some other house but you are not doing that in my house and get your holy attitude on when you say it too come on hallelujah and then besides that, the Bible also reveals this very clearly that we've got authority over sickness and disease Glory to God. You've got authority over sickness and disease. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Don't just say, well, it's that time of year where this stuff is going around. No, fight it. Fight it hard. Say, no, 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 no. I've got authority over you. I'm not just going to go ahead and lay back and say, well, it's, it's flu season again or, or whatever season it is. No, you take a stand and you say, no, that's not coming to my house. I don't care how hard you try and how bad you want to. I've got authority over you. You're not coming in my house. You're not coming in my body. In the name, in the authority, in the rank of the one I serve, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Y'all getting me too excited now. Hey, I feel good in the house. Yes. And you know, th this is not an event. To believe in the name, you know, there, there's that initial moment where you do it. But this is something you stay consistent with all the way through. You know, 1 John 5, 13 brings that out. It said, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, 
that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So believing in His name is not an event, but it's a decision to stick with and continually reaffirm. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to skip some verses in Revelation. We'll skip over those two, but uh, um, I just want to uh, uh, give you some of the context of what it says. Revelation 2.13 refers to holding fast to his name. You hold fast to his name and don't let it go. That's part of it. You're sticking with this. You're sticking to your faith and, and your, your, your belief in the name. Revelation 3.8, Jesus commended those who did not deny his name. Yes, yeah, so sometimes, uh, uh, especially in this world, you, you know, you, you could go ahead and be generic and talk about God and get away with some things. But when you have to go there and identify yourself by the name Jesus, then some people get offended. You know, you can pray in the name of God at the city hall and be all right. But, oh, yeah, if you're praying in the name of Jesus, well, you're just not being inclusive. Please don't get me started. Oh, please. Because I'll tell you what, if I get started right here, we're going to go for a while. But, but I, I got to tell you, if we, we believe in and if we hold fast to and if we do not deny his name and his authority, boy, I tell you what, we put ourselves in the place of being able to live a life of maximum power and maximum results. Don't deny him. Hold fast to that name. Don't deny the name. As a matter of fact, when you do so, you're not just honoring him. You're also uh, uh, maintaining your flow of authority because if you were to deny him, him and his rank and his authority in your life, that would automatically affect the flow of your authority too. Because any authority you got, hey, you don't have it because you're cute. It came from him. So therefore, if, if we are, are not holding him in his proper place and believing in the name and holding fast the name and not denying the name, then we're, if, if we're not doing that, then we're going to go ahead and hinder the flow of that same authority through us. And I got to tell you, I need it all working. I don't know about you. I need it all working. Spirit, soul, and body, I need it all working. Finances, too. I need it working. So, therefore, I'm not going to do anything to block the flow. I'm going to keep that faucet wide open. Bless God forever. Let's talk about representing the name. Woo! You know, I thought today, you know, uh, somebody could think that, that I would say to my daughter, well, you're resembling, so you don't quit, you know, or something like that. How many of you have said that to your children? You know, Dennis, you may have said, you're Sullivan, you're not going to do it like that. You know, or, or you're Johnson, you're not going to do it like that. And, and, and so, so based on the family name, you might say, well, you know, that's not the way we do things in the family. And so when it comes to representing the name of Christ, we see some of that same thought in Scripture. And we see it really right here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, where it says, Nevertheless, the, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord saying, you're going to use my name? You're going to go ahead and act like we act in this family. You're not going to go ahead and be using my name and misrepresenting the name by the way you act. If you're going to name the name, depart from iniquity. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 
Why is that? It is because of the truth that we are ambassadors of God. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.20. He said, you're an ambassador of God. And, and, and he said, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. So you see two elements of that there that really say the same thing. He said, I'm an ambassador of Christ and I'm doing something on Christ's behalf. I'm an ambassador of Christ and I'm doing something on his behalf. What's an ambassador? You know what it is. It's someone who's representing another nation. You might be in the United States, represent another nation, or you may be from the United States, represent another nation. But that's what an ambassador is. Well, we're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're here not just to do our own thing. We're here to do what he would be doing if he was here because we're representing him. Hallelujah. You know, uh, all throughout the book of Acts, and, and we're, we're not going to go there right now. We'll skip over the, the next three. I'll tell you where we're going to catch up. See, my wife's working back there today, so I warned her. I said, we're going to be all over the place, so just flow with me. I'll tell you where to go. So she's putting the verses up here today. But, but uh, over the, the book of Acts, you, you see continual references. Anytime somebody got to preaching and getting results, those religious leaders would say, well, what's up with this name you're preaching about? They'd always be talking about name. That, you know, somebody gets healed. By what power or name have you done this? And, and they said, you, we don't want you speaking anymore in this name. Something about the name. Oh, yeah, someone's saying something about the name, Jesus. Hey. You know, I, I, they, they, they were beaten and what the, they were commanded. Say, you, you guys ain't allowed to preach anymore in the name. And what did they do? They kept on preaching in the name of Jesus because they were representing him. You know, even when, when God spoke to Ananias, and we're going to go to Acts 9 next, when God spoke to Ananias about him going to minister to Paul and to tell Paul about what, what life was going to be like on this side of his great conversion, Acts chapter 9, uh, uh, 15 and 16, uh, is, it makes this statement, but the Lord said to him, to Ananias, go for he, that being Paul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name, to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, to, to really study this out, take the time to go ahead and look at every reference to the name. And it is plastered all over the scripture, through the Gospels, through the book of Acts, and also in the epistles. Absolutely amazing. And what's the bottom line when it comes to representing him and when it comes to representing the name accurately? Colossians 3 sums it up real well, where it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, do it like you're representing. Amen. Hallelujah. And now let's get to the real meat of what we came for here today. Let's talk about using the authority of the name. Using the authority of the name. I want you to realize that what you have as a child of God is literally uh, Jesus has turned his power of attorney over to you. 
And what power of attorney is, is it's a written document that's given by one person or party to another, authorizing them to act on their behalf. So it's, uh, uh, there's, there's a person who's the grantor, the principal, who's granting permission and authority to the recipient or, or the agent to act on their behalf. Well, you see, Jesus is, is alive and well. Jesus lives forever. But Jesus himself is currently seated on the right hand of the Father, but you spiritually are positioned there at the right hand of the Father, but physically are positioned here on planet Earth. And so you are here, and he has given you his power of eternity where you can go ahead and act on his behalf and fulfill his wishes. Hallelujah. The power of attorney is the legal right to use the name of the person who's given you the power. Woo! You can sign Jesus' name on the check. And of course, I'm talking about you doing that in the spirit. I don't try to do that at your bank. <laughs> but you see... Understand this about the power of attorney is that you've been given the legal right to use his name and that the power uh, that you have is limited only to the extent of the resources behind that name. So, you know, if Gabriel, if he gives me his power of attorney and he got $10 in the bank, $10 is all I got to work with. Because if, all, if that's all he's got, I know he got more than that, praise the Lord. But if that's all he got, then that's all I would have access to if he gave me power of attorney to do things on his behalf. But I want you to know, if Jesus has given you power of attorney, and that means that that power is limited only to the extent of the resources that are behind that name, I want you to know that, that when you're talking about the name of Jesus, there's no limitation behind those resources. I mean, there is unlimited resources. I mean, he's, you know, the, the Bible talks about riches and glory and unsearchable riches of Christ. I mean, there ain't no end to what he's got. Glory to God. And that means that whatever there is on earth that you need to do as his representative, glory to God, whatever you need to do here on earth to do what he'd be doing if he was here in the flesh. But since you, the body, are here, you're doing and acting on his behalf, representing him, carrying out his wishes. And all of the resources of heaven are backing you up as you're representing him here on the earth. Glory to God. Use the authority of the name. You know, Jesus in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, said this. Uh, starting with verse 18, he said, uh, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, it's interesting. Jesus did not say, all authority has been given to me, so I'm going to go. That's not what he said. 
He said, all authority has been given to me. So you go. If you look at verse 18, go back to 18. Woo. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 19. Go therefore. Does that tell you something? I'll tell you what it's telling me. That Jesus said, I got it. And if I'm telling you to go, that's called delegation. That means I've got it. But if I've got it and I'm telling you to go and do it now, that means that the same thing I got, I'm giving to you so you can do what I'm telling you to do. Hallelujah. Delegated authority from the head of the church to us. Mark chapter 16, uh, another portion of the Great Commission, where it says in verse 17, These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Come on. In my name. What you're going to do, you're going to go ahead and cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt you. You'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. How do you do this? You do this in his name, in his authority. Amen. You know, the, the church experienced a... a an amazing beginning as you look in Acts chapter 2, as those 120 were gathered together in the upper room and, and the Spirit of God uh, uh, fell upon all of them on the day of Pentecost. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter got up and preached. I mean, he, he was scared of the servant girl back about 40, 50 days earlier and denied Jesus. And now, whoa, he got the pulpit. He want to talk to everybody. He's getting 3,000 people saved. So obviously a mighty, mighty change in him. And, and, and so, so we see him preaching and all these people getting saved. And what's he doing? Among other things, he's boldly preaching about the name. The name of Jesus. And then they're going, in Acts chapter 3, uh, he's going to the, the temple at the hour of prayer, and there's a guy who's never walked before, and he's begging for some change at the gate of the temple. Are you ready? Acts 3 verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Don't have any change on me today. But what I do have... I give you. Notice the words, what I do have. Did you hear that? What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, in verse 16 of the same chapter, it says this. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. 
So Peter said, what I have, I give you. And what did he say? He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then later on in the same chapter, what is the, the, what is the thing that caused this to happen? How did this happen? By what means did this happen? He said, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Hallelujah. What do you have? I want you to know, child of God, son and daughter of the Most High God, you've got the same thing Peter had. So if anybody asks you what you've got, let me tell you what you've got. You've got the name. You've got the name of Jesus. You've got the authority to use that name. You've got authority over the very same things that Jesus himself had authority over. He's delegated his authority to you. Someone say, well, I just, if I, if I had something, I'd use it, but I'm not sure I got some. Well, let me tell you here today, if you don't hear anything else, you got something, child of God, and it's the name of Jesus. Use it. Put it to work. All right, we're going to skip over Luke. And because we're late, we'll skip over Acts, skip over James, and we'll go to John 14. By the way, you won't miss my notes. I don't know if they'll be out right away, but I'll send them to our media director so our notes will be up on the the website soon, if not already, because he's on vacation, but they'll be up there soon enough. So any of the goodies we're skipping over, you'll still be able to get in on them. But... John, I want to go ahead and look at the several statements Jesus made as we're getting ready to close today. These are statements that Jesus made about the use of his name. Right at the very end of his ministry, as a matter of fact, this was a discussion that was taking place, statements that Jesus made while he was still in the upper room after the Last Supper had already taken place, but prior to the time they left to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was betrayed. Look at the words of Jesus. John 14, 13 says this. Whatever you ask in my name, hey, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. We're not done yet. You want some more? Here we go. John 16, 23 to 24. And in that day, talking about the day when their sorrow is turned into joy, which I am fully convinced that the day when their sorrow is turned into joy was when Jesus was raised from the dead and seated in the high places. And in that day you ask me nothing, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. But we're still not done yet. Take a look at John 16 26 it says in that day you will ask in my name now listen and I do not say to you that I shall pray the father for you for the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God Jesus is being so particular about what he's saying go back to 26 
He said, I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. He's being very specific here. He's not saying that, that you're going to go ahead and come to me, and then I'll go ahead and make requests to the Father on your behalf. Because Jesus is saying that, that you got a relationship. He's not just my daddy. He's your daddy. And the same right that I have to go ahead before my daddy is the same right you've got to go before your daddy because you're going in my name. Hallelujah. So I want you to realize this, that as believers, your asking in Jesus' name holds as much weight with the Father as if Jesus asked it himself. I said that as believers, your asking in Jesus' name holds as much weight with the Father as, Jesus, as if Jesus himself asked that thing. So I say to you today, while you're sitting around and putting up with stuff that you don't need to put up with, and just learn to deal with stuff that you just don't need to sit and deal with. And letting things happen. And say, okay, sir, whatever will be, will be. Rather than being one who will take a stand and say, not in my life, not in my house, not in my kids, not in my body, not in my bank account. Come on, somebody. Are you called to be reigned over or are you called to reign? Let me tell you what the Bible says as we close today with Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace, that's us, and of the gift of righteousness, that's us. What about us? We'll reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Somebody give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory to God forever. Woo. Lord, for, for, those, for those moments where we've allowed ourselves to be reigned over instead of reigning, Lord, we repent. Lord, we pledge today we're going to take full advantage of what's been given to us and use what we have, use what we've got, and reign as kings in life through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. If you're here today and you say, man, I hear all this stuff about the name of Jesus.